and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Here we go, Acts 2, okay? We find ourselves, we're in a series called We Are Generous. It's week three in this new series. And you guys have seen it on our wall under our core values that we're generous with our time, talent, and treasure. And this isn't just a cute phrase that we say as a church because it sounds cool and all the words start with T and we like that. But we've looked at through the scriptures and we've gleaned the scriptures to identify what are characteristics that the Lord desires are obvious in the church. And one of those things are generosity. We can see it in Acts 2 when the New Testament church is first breaking out after the believers are filled with the Spirit of God. Check this out. It says, all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. Wow. They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. They covered one another. They provided for one another. They were generous with each other. And then you'll see this. And because of that, or at least in relation to that, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I think there's something so appealing, compelling, and attractive about a body of people that has committed themselves to generosity. I think that our generosity often carries the gospel without words. You see, as this community was so generous with one another, Others were being added. Others were coming to know the Lord. Others were hearing the gospel. So this is really what sparked this whole series is like there is a calling on the body of Christ to be generous. We need to be a generous people. Jesus followers are generous, okay? It's it's the fruit of the gospel. It's the fruit of our salvation. Generosity should blossom within us. So let's pray and then we'll talk about it, all right? Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we just invite your spirit into this moment. Um, God, I pray that you would till the soil of our hearts, that it would be fertile ground to receive the seed of your word, that it would grow to produce fruit in our lives. We don't want to just hear your word. We want to be transformed by it. We want to apply it to our lives and our situations and our circumstances. We want to receive it as truth and treat it like it is. So, Father, I just pray that you would help us to not just hear your word, but to do your word. And I pray that this church would foster kids in Jesus' name. Amen. So for some reason, the Lord has just surrounded me with girls. And my whole life has been like that. I had three sisters. I had a stay-at-home mom. Now I have a wife, two daughters, and then I have a daughter on the way. It's like they're everywhere. (laughs) Fellas, pray for me. Come on, pray for me. So I have two older sisters. My oldest is Michaela. She just had a baby. And then my second oldest is Jess. And we love Jess. But Jess also sometimes requires a little extra grace too. And what I mean by that is she's always been driven. We spent a couple of years as as kids, like we were homeschooled back in the day. And my younger sister and I would just kind of run around and try to skip class and assignments. And we'd watch Dora the Explorer convincing mom we were learning Spanish, like it was educational, you know? And sometimes it worked. But it was Jess who, unlike all of us, would be sitting at the kitchen counter weeping, saying, I got to do my work. I got it. She's always been driven. 
Like she's just always, there's been this, it's been in her nature to succeed. You say type A, I think of my sister, Jess. It's like, and, and here's the deal. She loves to give. She loves to be generous. It's almost like a joke in our family when we do Secret Santa every year. You know, like when you got to pick a, someone to buy a gift for. We all want Jess because she's the best gift buyer. But also in that type A type-ness, she is generous when it is convenient for her at times. But when she has a plan, she's so driven, it's like, don't get in the way of that plan. I'm generous, I'll help, I'll, I'll share, I'll be a part, but let me finish my plan first and then, and then get in my way. Any type A's resonating with me right now? Okay, just be honest in the room. Come on, shame the devil. Come on, don't lie in church. So at this specific season, Jess and I were both at home, both living at home. And uh, she was a full-time nurse working nights and she's breaking ground into being a professional CrossFitter, an elite CrossFitter. And to be an elite professional CrossFitter, it takes everything you got. It's multiple training sessions a day. You ha- your diet has to be immaculate. You're counting. Just was counting her macros. So every meal was planned out. She knew how many proteins, fats, and carbs were in each meal. A lot of intentionality. But she's so busy and she's so exhausted that she's meal prepped so she, so she can continue to accomplish her goals in a sustainable way because life is so crazy crazy, working full time, pursuing the CrossFit thing, all of that. So anyways, one, one afternoon I'm hungry and I'm in the kitchen. I'm at home. I'm a student at the time. And I noticed that there's these two flaming yongs wrapped in bacon in the fridge. And I'm like, man, those look good. And I'm hungry and I don't feel like cooking myself something. So I just take one out. I'm like, this must've been left over from dinner last night or something. So I take one out, put it on a plate pop it in the microwave just to warm it up. And from the first bite, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, this is really good. So I eat the whole thing. You know, that cut of meat is not a whole lot of meat. So I'm like, I'm still kind of (laughs) hungry. So I go back into the fridge. I get the other one heated up and I eat the second one. And I don't regret it, honestly. It was delicious. (laughs) Oh, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm downstairs and it's, uh, I, I, I contemplated whether or not I, I should share this part, but it's a specific time of month from, for my sister, you know, um, <laughs> it is, it is. And, um, she comes in the house, but also on, on top of all of that, she's just worn out because her life is so hectic and she's just grinding. This is the season. And I told her I was going to tell this story. And she's like, you know, uh, so I called her this week because I wanted to get the details of the story right. And I wanted to hear her perspective just because I felt like it could make the story funnier or whatever. So So she said that she remembers that that day and she had been eating chicken and rice so much. She was so sick of chicken and rice and she was on her way home. Like, I am so ready for this steak. I have them in there prepped, ready. I'm gonna eat, then I'm gonna go to bed. And like, she's like, I'm so excited to just eat this steak. And she comes home. I'm downstairs on the couch. Unfortunately, I'm the only one home, so there's no one else to blame. No, I don't know if that's true or not. But she opens the fridge and just starts screaming, screaming. Who ate my steak? You know, 
and I'm just downstairs like, I've been punched in the head a few times by this girl, and I don't want it to happen again. Here, here's the moral of the story. We all want to be generous, and we all know that there's fruit to being generous. As believers, we know there's a calling to be generous. If I was to ask Jess, do you think it's important and good and fruitful to be generous? She would say yes, but sometimes we just need to be reminded that we want to be generous, right? Like sharing our steak. <laughs> Paul's going around. You guys know the Apostle Paul. He's in the New Testament, and he's bounced around, and he's planted churches, and what he does is, is he visits these churches, he checks in, and he takes up what, they, what, what the scriptures refer to as the Jerusalem collection or a collection for Jerusalem, there's impoverished believers, Jewish believers in Jerusalem. So almost like, you know, missions in the church today is similar to that. Paul goes to each one of these churches, he takes up a collection, an offering, and he uses it to benefit the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. And these are Gentile churches. So it was, it was a fruitful thing for multiple reasons. It blessed them, but it also kind of bridged the gap between the Jews and the Gentiles. But as you read the scriptures, it's almost like, I don't know if it was Paul's idea. As I studied, it seemed like some thought maybe the Corinthian, the, the church of Corinth thought about it, the Corinthian church. Um, it was their idea. Some thought it was Paul's idea, but they were kind of like the head honcho of it all. And they were super enthusiastic. All we know is at one point about a year ago from the scripture, the church in Corinth was like, we want to give, and we want to give big, and we want to help the believers. They're fired up. They're enthusiastic. They want to they contribute. They're so excited to be generous. There's zeal. There's fervor. They're like, yeah, we, we want to help the believers, and they've impacted, influenced the other churches in the area, so Paul would not only go to the Corinth church. He'd go to the church in Galatia. He'd go to the church in Philippi, these churches in Greece, and, and he would take up the collection there. They've influenced those churches to take part in this Jerusalem collection. So it's a year later, and uh, that zeal, they, they want to be generous. They're excited to be generous. They see the value in generosity, but I think it's, they just need to be reminded. That's where they're at. So check this out. Paul writes this letter. I'm just going to go through all of 2 Corinthians 9 this morning, okay? Only 15 verses, so we'll be fine. Check this out. He says this. I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help, and I've been boasting to the other churches in Macedonia that you and Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving, okay? So as we read this verse... I almost feel like Paul has this little balance of grace and truth here where he's like, you guys were excited about this. You guys planned on doing this. I know you're looking forward to doing this. It goes on to verse three, but I'm sending these brothers to be sure you really are ready. But I just want to make sure you still plan on giving what you said you were going to give, okay? Um, I've been telling them and that your money is all collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you because we would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment, if some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't ready after all 
that I had told them. So Paul's saying, I don't want to show up to the church with the people that I said have told, yeah, you'll, you, it's going to be a, a massive amount. Yeah, they're ready. They're excited about this. All right, guys, where's the collection? And, and the church in Corinth is like, oh, we, oh, we bought cars for everybody on Christmas instead. We don't, we don't have it. We spent it. He says, we would be embarrassed, not to mention you would be embarrassed. Verse five, so I thought I would send these brothers ahead of me just to make sure the gift you promised is ready. Just a little accountability, that's all. Just a little accountability that the gift is prepared. But then he says this, he tags this on. But I, I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. I want it to be willing, not given grudgingly. Here's what I found out to be true about generosity, and maybe you might agree with me, but there's something about generosity that's vulnerable. We, we love to be generous, but I can't help but assume there's also all these kind of thoughts. When we do go to be generous, sometimes we, there's like that you have to be selective or you want to be careful or just, it just can feel vulnerable to be generous. And I really believe that some of that is uh, sure, maybe we've been wounded by others or, or whatever it might be, but I think there's spiritual warfare around generosity because everywhere we see generosity breaking out in the New Testament, you see the blessing of God and you see kingdom impact. I think generosity is so powerful, but the enemy, he tries to drip these little thoughts to discourage us as individuals from being generous. So I think we, the enemy will plant thoughts like this. If you're too generous people are going to take advantage of you. So don't be generous. If you're too generous, you're not going to have enough for yourself. If, if you're generous, they're only going to love you for what you can do. Maybe this is a common one. I don't have enough to be generous. I don't have enough resource to be generous. And I, I just want to remind us in the room that no matter what season we're in, sure, are there people who find themselves in a season where they can give of greater resource? Sure, we, we, in, 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 in a larger amount is often a huge blessing to those involved. But, but for us, we're not disqualified from being generous when we, when we don't have a resource. And, and we need to be reminded of that, that in every season, we have the ability to be generous. And Jesus shares this story in Luke 21, sitting in the church, Observing people who give, check this out, says this, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. And then verse two says, then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I'll tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, She's given everything she has. I felt it was important to remind us that generosity is, is, is a heart posture. And although the, the, the large surplus amounts and the large resource amounts, yes, it is definitely a blessing and it's definitely a good thing. And we're grateful for that. You still have capacity and ability to be generous without those large sums. Amen? Other thoughts. They don't need what I have or, or they don't need what you have. Or why would you do that? That's just awkward. Why would, you, why would you do that? I think we just need to be reminded, though, church, how powerful generosity is in the body of Christ. And we saw it in Acts with uh, 
a, a group of people who were so committed to generosity. It, they were generous and they, and they shared everything they had. And it says in each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So Paul continues on with his letter. He just left off in verse five, but I want it to be a willing gift, not one giving grudgingly. So as he continues writing the letter, it's almost as if Paul feels impressed to remind them the value and the fruit and the purpose of their giving and how it doesn't only bless them, although it does, but the blessing that it is to others and how it can impact others and ultimately how it can glorify God. That's what Paul reminds us of. So check this out. Next couple of verses, verse six. He goes on writing, he says, remember this, okay? I don't want you to give uh, grudgingly. I want you to give willingly because check this out. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously, everyone say generously. God will generously provide all you need. So you can be generous to others. You can give to others willingly, ungrudgingly, because God will give you everything you need. As Jesus followers, we've been liberated to be generous. God will generously provide all you need and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. So part of what Paul's referring to here, some of it might sound familiar if you spend any time in the Proverbs. Because Proverbs eleven twenty four, one of the wisest dudes to ever be on earth, authored a lot of them. He wrote this, give freely and become more wealthy. And sometimes that's hard for us to wrap our minds around because culture is always screaming at us, you want more, save more. You want more, take more. You want it, go get it. You know what I mean? And then, and then we have these kingdom principles that are like, okay, you want, you want abundance, give. It's like, what? Is that how that, that's how that works? So give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy, lose everything. The generous will prosper, and then those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. This is a verse that I cling to often, and I love that verse. Um, 26, people curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in the time of need. And then there's more in the Proverbs. Proverbs, I believe, 1917, or is it 1719? 1917, if you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord. If you help those in need, you're lending to the Lord. And this is where I've said, like, I think, you know, kind of in that same thought of, I love to do good things as a church. You know, like we did pizza with the pastors back in the day, and we'd go eat pizza with the kids at the school just to build relationships and to be positive role models and to show them Jesus out somewhere outside of the church. And it's a good thing. And I think that's great. And I'm glad we did it. And honestly, we should probably start doing it again. But also those kids were, a lot of them were probably going to get food. It, it was a good thing. 
but that's different than someone not having a home, not having a place to go, and you take them in. In in the kingdom, I think there's something specific, and he's addressing if you help the poor, you know, and and it's, there's just this, I don't know, I think something that the Lord loves is when we help those who are in a position where they they can't help themselves. It's like, you know, this is why we're feeding people on the second Friday of every month. And some people who come through this line just find themselves in a season or a moment where it's like they don't have food in their cabinets at home, you know? And that's who we're called to reach. I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just burdened that there's something significant about not just doing good things, but meeting a need. So anyways, lend to the poor. You're actually lending to the Lord and he will repay you. And as I read some of these scriptures, I can't help but wonder, is the purpose of when you give, God gives you more. But the purpose of him giving you more isn't a pat on the back to say, good boy, I'm blessing you. Here's your reward. But I, I, I think, I, I just wonder as I read through the scriptures, is he actually giving us more because he's trusting us to go in and then bless others more? Like, okay, if, if this is what you're going to do, you're going to steward what I give you well. You're going to bless others with what I give you well. I'm going to give you more. And, and, and Okay, then I'm going to give you more. It just seems as I go through the verses that it, that it looks like that. Like, like this, ability, this, in, this ability to bless others with increased resource, you know? And, and, and again, I'm not saying that it's like, give everything away and neglect the people to you and, and to get crazy because I think there's value. He'll give you enough for your own needs, He'll give you enough for your own needs. There's a calling on believers to care for their family members and their relatives. And Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, and he says a guy who doesn't provide for his own family is worse than an unbeliever. That's pretty strong words. So there's definitely a calling to to cover our family and to provide for their needs and all that. But the word is saying that if if you care for others, I'll give you so your needs will be covered and you can bless others and you can share with others. It's not either or, it's both. Paul says when you sow generously, you reap generously. But again, I, I think we got to be reminded of this considering the culture that we're living in. Um, so let's go back to the scriptures here. Second Corinthians 9, the letter continues. Paul's just continuing to remind them, hey, just, just don't forget about the fruit of your generosity. He writes in verse 10, for God is the one who provides the seed. Okay, so we're just sowers, y'all. It's his seed, whatever that looks like. For God is the one who provides the seed. And how we sow it depends what happens with it. For God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then the bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce great harvests of generosity in you. Check this out. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So then he, he points out, I just, I want to continue to remind you of the fruit of your generosity. I want to continue to remind you of everything that's going to be affected by your generosity. Two good things will result from this ministry of giving. When we come to collect the funds for Jerusalem, here's just two of the things. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. So you're going to physically help people. 
okay? You're going to meet the needs of other people. So that's one of the good things. But he says, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Their faith will be strengthened. They'll be encouraged that there's a God who loves them, who is for them, who is covering them, who's going to continue to supply all their needs. Because I think sometimes we forget in, in, as God is our supplier, as a God who will supply all our needs, a lot of times he's working through me and you to supply that for other people right? It's like generosity is so important. So not only are you going to cover their needs, but he's going to get glory from it. It's good. Verse 13, he keeps writing, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. Kim, you can come if you don't mind. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Jesus Christ. Fruit of the good news is generosity when we've accepted the good news, when we love Jesus, fruit of the good news is that we're generous, right? It says, and then we will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for, his, for this gift too. Wonderful for words. Some powerful reminders that Paul writes like, hey, I just, we're coming to collect this money for Jerusalem and I just want to make sure that you have it prepared. But, I want to remind you how significant this gift is and how it's not just going to affect people, but how it's going to affect you and how it's going to bless the Lord. <clears throat> and, I, and I read through this letter and I read through these verses and I just think if the church wants to bring God glory, if the church wants to live in the blessing of God, if we want to encounter him in greater ways, I don't think it's going to be a better building. I don't think it's going to be prettier lights or a nicer breakfast platter for our volunteers, although that may bring people in. Um, but, I, but I think that it's going to come from us caring for people who really can't even care for themselves. And I just sense, especially based off what I read, the Lord's like, if you'll take care of those people, I'll give you everything you need and more. I'll give you everything you need and more. And, and this is why we there's this burden, this burden of like, yeah, I love to do good things, hand out free hot dogs, whatever, just do good things. I'm, and I'm not, those are great. I wanna continue to do those and we will. But I think there's something significant about providing for something, sowing into something that in the natural appears as though it has no return. And this is where kingdom, kingdom culture is different than the culture we live in. Because all my business owners in the room, you know it's unwise to sow into something that's going to give you no return. And I wouldn't advise you to do that for your business. That would, be, that would be unwise. That would be being a poor steward of what you've been given. But in the kingdom, it's in the kingdom when we invest into things that don't have the ability to return, God says, there you go. And, and he returns it on his own behalf. Like, I'll give you everything you need, not only to cover your own need, but, but, I'll, but I'll bless you. I'll pour out blessing on you. And then you can continue to be a blessing to others. And this is part of the reason as a church, I want to foster kids, keep them over the weekend, hand out food. 
and, and, and still searching, still thinking, what else can we do? What, what are the other needs? What are real needs in the community? We're working on opening up a food pantry to provide food outside of that just once a month. There's just things of like, and, and I just believe in that we are going to encounter God in greater ways, in greater measures. I just think part of the reason I know that's the Lord's heart for us to not be motivated by what we can necessarily get in return from someone, but to to develop and cultivate a people that's just motivated by love is because that's what he's motivated by. And that's where you don't got anything to offer God and I don't either. Okay? Our, Our righteous acts are filthy rags like But God loved the world so much that he sent his only son for you and for me. And that's his heart. And I think when we're willing to sow into the the things that in the physical, in the natural, look like there's no return, it carries that gospel message that God loves us. While while we were still sinners and dead in our sin, he sent his son for us. He said, man, I love them. Motivated by love. Amen. Worship team, you can come. I was in my office this morning and I was just kind of praying. It had been a moment since we'd taken some time to pray for each other in the altars. And, you know, this whole concept, I was I just kind of running through my message and just sort of felt the Lord nudge my heart. I, I love that proverb. Those who refresh others will be refreshed themselves. And I know something I love about this community is just how generous this community is. I see the way you love each other. I see the way you love us. And um, But sometimes it can feel like that generous lifestyle to give. And maybe some of you guys, you find yourself in a season where you're giving, but you just you need to be refreshed. I, I want to cling to his promise today that those who refresh others will be refreshed themselves. And I just really ask the Lord, like, will you refresh people today to continue doing what what you've called and put in their heart to do? So let's stand. And uh, I just want to throw out an invitation. If you find yourself in a season where it's like, I could use a refreshing from the Lord to continue doing what I'm doing. If that's where you're at, I want to invite you into these altars and I want to come pray with you and uh, just believe that God's going to allow something You know, he's going to allow increased capacity or joy or peace or whatever you need. Just take a moment and step out in faith and say, man, I I just, I could use some prayer. I, I, I could use a touch from the Lord today. Okay, let's pray. Father, we love you. Give us courage today to step out if this is where we find ourselves. And I just pray through the power of your spirit, you would refresh people in your presence. We love you, Lord. We're so grateful for who you are, for what you've done, for what you're doing, and what you're going to do. You are worthy of all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.